الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره نعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah our sustainer our creator our cherisher the one who has sent us in this world for a short and appointed time and after that time is up we'll all be returning to Allah la sharika lak we do not associate any partners with him there is no one else that deserves our unconditional obedience our unconditional worship but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the success of this life and the peace and tranquility of this life and the hereafter is only in the way shown by our beloved prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam mustafa al-mushtaba the chosen one the praised one allah says bada a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim yawma la yanfa'u malun wala banun the day on which neither wealth neither wealth nor children will be of any use that day neither wealth nor children will be of use if any of us were asked that for the sake of allah you will have to give up all your wealth and all your children will we be able to do that it would be difficult for any of us to be able to do that but allah is saying that without having to give them up not to forget not to forget the real purpose of in being in this life being in this world pursuit of wealth or raising children should not take us away from cultivating our best self just because i'm a parent i'm a teacher i have to earn an income it does not mean that i forget to also take time out to cultivate myself because i'm going to be on that day alone in front of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala my children and my wealth they will not be a benefit because it is about who i have become by cultivating myself and that's allah subhanahu wa ta'ala follows that verse up by saying illa man atallaha biqalbin salim except except that person only he will be happy man atallaha biqalbin salim who comes before God no one who will have any benefit in their wealth and their children except that person the person who will have benefit is the person who has brought at Allah they have brought to Allah biqal min salim a qalb a heart that is pure a heart that is salim that is peaceful that is content that is purified that heart There is no excuse in this world no matter how many responsibilities we have not to cultivate our heart because on that day Allah will ask us what have we brought to Allah Walladhina jahadu ba'da a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim Walladhina jahad walladhina ja'u min ba'dihim yaquluna rabbana aghfir lana wa li ikhwanina alladhina sabaquna bil iman wa la taj'al fi qulubina ghillan lil ladhina amanu rabbana innaka ra'ufur rahim and Allah says those who come after them saying oh, our lord forgive us and our brothers who precede us in faith and put not in our hearts wala taj'al fi qulubina do not place in our hearts gil 
Gil, this, this quality of the heart, this resentment of the heart, this illness of the heart, that brings a bad thought about anyone that believes. Our Lord, indeed, you are Rauf and you are Rahim. You are the, you are kind and you are merciful. This Qalbin Salim, bringing Allah that Qalbin Salim, that heart. How are we cultivating that heart? That this heart, our scholars say, that people used to come in the past, that used to have such heart, that that heart used to reflect the light and the nur of Allah in such a way that it changed other hearts around. And when people sat with those hearts, their hearts were influenced. But today, our scholars say, that we have brought our deen in our body, in our tongue, but we forgot to bring it all the way inside our heart. And this is why it's so important to make sure that we do not forget to cultivate that heart. That heart is free, it has the best expectations, the best expectation, the best understanding, the best assumption about Allah, about the love and the mercy of Allah. And that heart has the best expectation from the creation. They think the best of people. They think best of the Creator and His creations. Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu narrates that Rasulullah said to me, O oh my son, if you're able to, if you're able in the morning and evening to make the state of your heart, O oh my son, if you are able in the morning and evening to make the state of your heart such that within your heart there is no ill will towards anyone. In your heart there is no ill will against anyone, towards anyone. Then do so. Then he وسلم, said to me, O oh my son, and this is my sunnah. He said, this is my sunnah. And he who revives my sunnah has indeed loved me. Clearing our hearts, cultivating our hearts, purifying our hearts, it brings us the love of the Prophet Because whoever wants that love, just like we, we read the other hadith this morning, that, that love, you, cannot, you have to love one another. You cannot submit until you love one another. And this hadith, the Prophet is saying, whoever revives this sunnah of keeping their hearts clean has loved me. And he who loves me will be with me in paradise. So we get the company of the Prophet ﷺ by cultivating our heart. Abu Dada reported, Rasulullah said, Whoever defends the reputation of his brother, Allah will defend his face from the fire on the day of judgment. Google did a study, and in this study, they looked at hundreds of variables in 35 different statistical models. They examined hundreds of different data points, and to figure out which teams are the most effective. Which teams are the most effective? And when they did this study, 
they were thinking that perhaps those of our engineers, you know, that have the most experience, those of our engineers that are bringing this amazing subject matter expertise to innovate and create and do new things, they must be really productive. And when they looked at all of these data sets, they found that it didn't matter how many years of experience the team members had. A lot of times I might say, I might think, you know, even this morning I mentioned that, you know, I have like 20 plus years of experience in education. But when we look back to this thing, then we become humbled. And we see that it's not about my years of experience. It's not about my years, even not about my education. It's not about the levels of education. It's not about the size of the team. It's not about the tenure of the team. It's not about the individual. There are some individual superstars that, that work so well. It's not about those individuals. Then what is it about? What is it about? And they found that the one thing that made the teams most successful, most effective, one thing that had the most effect on teams, the team's effectiveness was this one quality they called psychological safety. Psychological safety. And this is a belief that a team is safe for risk-taking in the face of being seen as ignorant, incompetent, negative, or disruptive. And in a team with high psychological safety, teammates feel safe to take risks. The team members are there to say, if you make your best effort, hey, we don't have the answer to everything. We don't know everything. But let's put our heads together, come up with the best solution we can, and let's try. Let's try our best to solve these problems. And, if, and, and while trying, if they fail, despite their best effort, then they don't point fingers. And they say, our, we tried our best to, to solve this problem. And we can take risk. And we can try our best to come up with new solutions. And we don't have to worry. Because everybody knows that in our hearts we're sincere and we're trying our best. So it's not about failure. It's about your ability to push the limits and look for the best solutions. And everybody in the team to support you and help you and elevate you. Psychological safety is that environment that the Prophet created for his Sahaba. That the companions, to the point that a companion could cut, come to the Prophet and say, Oh Prophet of Allah, can you give me permission to commit zina? Which team is able to handle this type of conversation? And he comes in front of the companions, he comes in front of the Prophet and this environment is safe to sincerely seek from the Prophet. Even though it, in the outright, from, from the outward expression, it looked pretty horrendous. But the Prophet ﷺ looked at him and the Prophet said, Would you like this to happen to any member of your family? And the Prophet had to connect him psychologically, emotionally, to understand what that really means. And he said, I would hate it. I would hate it. The Prophet would go over a few relatives and say, Would you like? And he said, No, I would not like. I would hate it. So the Prophet said the same way others would hate it too. And the Prophet then put his hand, placed his hand on his chest and said, Allah, purify his heart. Purify his heart. And this was psychological safety that someone could come in the middle of
all of these amazing Sahaba ready to give their life for the sake of the Prophet, sake of Allah, and they could ask a very weird outlier question because they felt safe with the Prophet If as long as they were sincere to seek that guidance, as long as they were trying to do their best, even though they didn't know what their potential could be. And this is the honor and respect that the Prophet had for the companions and the environment he created for people to try to reach their best potential. That he believed in the potential of every single person. And the honor and respect of creating that environment where he said to Anas anhu that come to me the morning and evening, spend in such a way that you, your heart has the best. You think the best about everyone. Even that person that apparently looks like a sinner, but you have even a clear heart about him, that he might have potential to transform into someone that is going to excel and that is going to even go beyond me. Shaykh Ashraf Ali Thandi, rahimahullah, he was called Hakimul Ummah. He was called, he was one of the grand muftis of Hind. And Shaykh Ashraf Ali Thandi, rahimahullah, was sitting in a gathering of scholars. And scholars from all around, you know, the subcontin Indian subcontinent gathered. And they were having, you know, they were discussing things. And then this one scholar comes to him and says, Sheikh, whenever I come to this gathering and I see all these ulama, I feel that I am the worst. I feel that I am the worst and everybody here is better than me. Everybody here is better than me. Sheikh Ashraf Ali rahimahullah smiled and there was a person walking in the street passing by and it was a Hindu that was passing by and he, he, he pointed to that person and he said you think you're the worst among these scholars? I look at that person who's a Hindu and I think what if Allah gives him guidance tomorrow and he dies with Iman and am I going to be able to die with Iman? This was the sense of humility of our scholars. This is the level, their heart had this, this level of you know, clarity and, and cleanliness in their heart that they were ready to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq, inshaAllah, to build this quality, this quality of keeping our hearts, cultivating our hearts, to have the best for Allah and the best for our brothers and sisters, inshallah. May Allah unite us in this world and may Allah unite us in the hereafter. Ameen. Let's ask forgiveness for our sins and our shortcomings and ask Allah for tawfiq. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiru. Na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina, na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina. Qala Allah ta'ala ba'da a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim. Inna Allah malaikatuhu yassalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu wa taslima. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad kama sallaita ala Ibrahim wa ala al-Ibrahim inna kahamidun majid. Allahumma barik ala Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala al-Ibrahim. Innaka Hamidun Majid. Allah send His peace and blessings and His choices blessings upon our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad upon him and his family and his companions and his followers until the day of judgment. To, be, to finish this beautiful hadith that we have all heard, just a reminder that Abdullah ibn Umar narrated that he saw the Prophet making tawaf of the Kaaba. And he looked at the Kaaba and he said, O oh Kaaba, he said, how delightful you are. How delightful you are. How great is your scent. How magnificent you are. How great is your sanctity. O oh Kaaba, he looked at the house of Allah and he was talking to the Kaaba. And he said, by the one in his, whose hand is the soul of Muhammad. The sanctity and the honor of a believer, the sanctity and honor of a believer, his wealth, his blood, is greater in the sight of Allah than your sanctity. That is an honor of a Muslim, honor of your, our brothers and sisters, honor of even our kids and our, our students in Iman, it is more beloved, more sanctified than the Kaaba itself. Subhanallah, subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. That when we even teaching our kids, teaching our students to no, never forget their potential. Never forget in our heart that they could be, inshallah, carrying the legacy so much better than even where we have reached in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that tawfiq. May Allah grant us a qalbun salim. Ya hayu ya kayyum, bi rahmatika nasaliz. أسحلنا شالنا كلا ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين يا حي يا كيوم اللهم نسألك خير ما سألك من نبيك حبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم نأوز بك من شر مستعز من نبيك حبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المسعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله آمين وأقيم السلام